Welcome to Game Over, our, our specific one-episode endgame podcast, where we share our uh, thoughts on the final Avengers film for this uh, sequence. Joining me is me, Donnie, and Libby over there. Hello. And our special guest, Mikey G. Hey, greetings. Here we are. <laughs> uh, uh, the culmination of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Endgame is the final film in the Avengers quadrilogy i think uh where all of our heroes deal with the fallout of the terrible events they failed to stop in the last film uh and possibly win this time libby did you enjoy endgame sure did it was uh it was very intense i was on the edge of my seat most of the time um I say most of the time, but it's not like I have any ideas in mind of when I wasn't on the edge of my seat. I really had a rip-roaring good time. I whooped. I went, <gasps> stuff like that. Did you have a cheering theater at all? Um, I didn't have a cheering theater, no. I did not see it until about a week after it came out, and I went on a Tuesday uh, at 9.35, and there were not very many people in the theater. So I was yeah. probably the most excitable person there, but that was fine. I, yeah, that's that's fine. I did. I went. Uh, I went on opening night, but in a much smaller, last minute theater experience. So there was applause for for like the big moments, like Mjolnir and uh, my one of my favorite theater experiences when everyone comes through the portal and they shout "You Bombay!" Everybody yes. in my theater joined around, joined <laughs> along, and that was very powerful. Yeah. Uh, Mikey, how did you how did you like this end game experience? Uh, I have to say I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. It's a yeah, a really good like final book like bookend to the series of movies, and incredibly fulfilling as a fan, and also just as a, a fan of cinema. So highlights and lowlights from everybody. Uh, what what did what did you like about the movie, Libby? Who's your favorite character? Oh my what god! Did you, what did what? Tell me about it. Who is my favorite character? Such a such a hard question in such a full universe. Um, I know it'd be so much easier if we were just recapping the whole movie, but we're just going right, to do highlights because that's we crazy. Don't have, <laughs> we don't have 18 hours. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there are a lot of really good recap episodes on YouTube of things that go into all of the Easter eggs and stuff. Yeah. Um, personal favorites. I love uh, <laughs> Bruce Banner, Hulk yeah. combo. Doc Professor, Professor Hulk. Hulk. Love yes. him. Um, yes. Love uh big lebowski thor oh thor really love uh black widow shined in this movie didn't know how much i loved black widow until this movie to be honest um and was really really into her mm -hmm. um and i was really glad that nebula was able to shine also in this movie i would like to play again this was a great movie for women in the marvel universe i think uh yes what's yeah i uh i i think so as well um what mikey did, did you have any particular highlights that you want to talk we're gonna gather our topics here that dive right into them <laughs> yeah yeah i'm gonna keep it really short just a couple of my real highlights and uh one little light um so i think like the the thor's are i think is fantastic in here i think it's it's challenging to what to expect um but also like really um it's this movie's really to me like all different characters are dealing with trauma in a different way like some people move on like tony does some people like kind of wallow in their failure like uh like thor does um some people like get stuck in work like like 
Black Widow, a great example of that. Like, I think she's fantastic in this film too. Everybody just has a different way of dealing with uh, tremendous loss um, and dealing with that for five years. So to me, like really the, the biggest thing that overarchs me is that first, that first part of the film, everyone's talked about like three parts to it. The first hour is just amazing. Yeah. Um, and then, and then, oh my God, Jesus Christ, Steve, Steve Rogers in this movie. <laughs> oh my God. Um, you know, I'm a big cat fan, as I kind of said earlier. And oh my God, it's just like everything that I wanted. Like I cried so many times during this movie and most of them were like cat moments. Yeah. And I just, so I'm going to keep really short. I'm going to say my, my number one moment in the movie though is handing off the mantle to, to Sam Wilson. Oh my God! I know. So good. Oh God! Can we all cry right now? <laughs> I, I know. Oh my God! It's, he deserved it so much, and I thought that Bucky was going to get it because, like, oh, he's been there longer. Fans want Bucky to do it because you know he was there first in the comics. But Sam deserves it. He's so pure and such a good person, and um, I love how he looks back at at Bucky, and it's like Bucky already knows. Like Steve's obviously already told him what his plan was before he even left. I love it. Yeah, and I think with Bucky, like. I think with him, it's sort of like, you know how, <laughs> you know how all you have to do to turn Magneto into a good guy is kill, is kill Professor X, yeah. you know, and then he's like, all right, yeah. well, yeah. I've been doing um, this, but yeah. somebody's got to be Professor yeah. X and it's going to be me, yeah. you know, and I feel like that's Bucky's position right Age now. Age of Apocalypse, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, with that, with that five years later title card, as soon as five popped up i just i just grabbed the edges of my seat <laughs> around you know like i can't believe yeah. this is what's happening right now it's so good because it's just you get that you feel the agony of time having passed you know the the environment that it sets up is like nothing really has moved forward yeah. you know time kind of stopped for most for society yeah five years ago just the, the pain that that like five years is a long time and like you know shout to my friend Brittany who brought up a point that i hadn't even thought of and that is like even when everything gets undone, five years of gap, like people got moved on in some cases from their trauma of losing their loved ones. Like you could be in a relationship for a decade or with your, you'd be like 80 year old woman with your husband and like they're gone and then they just come back and haven't aged. So there's a lot of uh, baggage you really feel in that first hour that's meant to carry on to the universe. I just think that's brilliant. Yeah. And, and especially because like we all have all these theories about what could happen and suddenly a five-year gap <laughs> yeah, puts right. everything on the table and everything <laughs> oh off gosh. the table too. And it's like, oh, we don't know anything, yeah. you know? Yeah. I also really, yeah, Nebula shines in this movie uh, throughout, which is great. I yeah. love the Nebula. I love her crazy voice. Oh, it yeah. It just looks super fun to play Nebula. You know, like even she gets like a minor shock at one point, and Karen Gillan's like, oh, and I'm like, I bet that's so fun. <laughs> oh, Karen looks she's so convincing though. She looks like she looks like a she looks like a, an alien being. I mean, I've never seen a transformation that strong in cinema where like I really feel like I'm watching this character. Like it, it feels so authentic, and there's so much like the weird tick she does. Uh, her performance, yeah. is one of the best in the film, and it's so understated. There's no Amy Pond on screen at all. No. <laughs> Not one lick of Amy Pond, no. Thank God. Also, (laughs) I also really like, uh, I don't know if y'all are young Avengers fans at all. Absolutely. But I love the setup of Cassie Lang coming in Mm -hmm. uh, to to one day be stature. So beautiful. Uh, We have, okay, Mikey. Yes. What you think's going on with this Hawkeye business? Okay, because yeah. they're they're doing a Hawkeye show coming up, and Hawkeye right. is like my favorite comic in the last couple of years, where Hawkeye gets like basically <laughs> Hawkeye basically gets himself in a Hey Arnold situation where he's <laughs> yes. running a wacky tenement building yes. uh, with with the help at, of his protege, a young yes. Kate Bishop, a uh, a, a a partially East Asian uh, young archer who's wealthy and much better at being Hawkeye than he is. Uh, Easily but better, yeah. But there is 
you could get the implication from the beginning of this movie that they're setting up his daughter to be Hawkeye, um, which I I guess might be fine on paper, but I would be furious to be robbed of the Kate Bishop character. Yep. Uh, what do you What do you think about this? Do you think that they're doing this, or is just like a fun intro? So, if I can give my optimistic view, and then like hopefully that's where things go, because I tend to be an optimist, because I think we've been really had uh, we've been really fortunate in terms of like Marvel. Um, respect to fans recently especially in the last like three or four years i think we've done really well like getting the things that fans want i really want again like i feel like every fan i talked to said like oh we all wanted samos and we feel like everyone all the fans want bucky and like well i guess nobody wanted that because that's not what we want i think it's the same thing with it's you know it's it's like kate bishop too like, i think like i don't believe that there's any um it's hard to imagine a mantle character in marvel that's done better than kate has like i think she's She's better, like you said, better being a Hawkeye. I, what I look from the TV series that is announced is making an ensemble cast where, you know, where it's not just Kate, you know, she's got, you know, there's a couple of different supporting characters too. But I think Kate Bishop has to be a part of that series. And I, Pizza dog. <laughs> I'll take it. No, but see, but that's, those are characters you build a Marvel and MCU kind of like TV series on, right? Like you have to have a cast. Like I think of all these shows, like it's, yeah. you know, I, I still think like the best way to do a show like that is that like, like what they're talking about is to have supporting characters, not just making this deep character dive especially when your character is dead and I really or or out of the picture or you know or yeah I uh, for me a Hawkeye series to me should absolutely in one way shape or form even if it's a prequel series we should even establish maybe before all this happened Kate Bishop was in the picture we just didn't see her there's a lot of opportunity for that in the series so oh that's interesting well and and uh and apparently uh Hawkeye's daughter is played by uh, the daughter of one of the Russo brothers. Um, yeah, the Russos. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. And I, I, I love that. That's something I had no idea about. And I think she's actually really, uh, she did a really fine job, I would say. She nails it and she looks just like my little cousin Paige. So <laughs> shout out to Paige Malky. Paige. <laughs> um, so, so a lot of, a big issue, Libby, are you back? I'm back. Sorry. Hi. Okay. A big issue of discussion on the internet is Thor's character arc. Yeah. Um, a lot of people love it myself included a lot of people do not love it because they feel that uh it is uh disrespectful of ptsd Mm -hmm. to treat him like a big joke in this way um and they feel as though his weight gain is a is used as a bit um uh through the movie um and before I address my own thoughts on this, I was wondering how you 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 two thought about this particular uh, uh, bit of the movie. I'm going to give it to Lee first, please. <laughs> well, I really enjoyed it, and I completely understand where the sensitivity lies behind people's criticisms about it. And I'm coming from a place where it's not necessarily a sensitivity that I have, so I think that my perspective is a little different because that didn't even really cross my mind until I started reading articles about the the backlash that it was receiving. Um, But I also think that it is a fairly normal thing to let yourself go when you're in a, in a state of depression. And it was meant more than anything to indicate Thor's just utter loss of self you know, he didn't, he had given up. And for, for Thor to give up, you know, you couldn't have a Thor say, I mean, Chris Hemsworth is amazing. But if hot Chris Hemsworth was sitting there being like, this, you know, this has really fucked me up, but he was still like shirtless and hot. 
Super then hot. I feel like you would have a harder time believing that that was what he was really experiencing to a certain degree. So I really enjoyed it. I thought that it allowed for, I think because such an emphasis in the other Marvel movies is placed on how attractive he is, it was kind of a necessary move on their part to make to really bring us five years down the road and, and really see the transformation that he was experiencing and gives him something to come back from, you know? And Libby's right. Like, I think the word, like she said, like, you have to do that with a character like this, where like so much of his identity is like wrapped around, like, how do you show it? Oh, I'm really depressed. Well, you're, you've had a rough couple of, you know, films to begin with, like events of Ragnarok and uh, Infinity War were hard enough on him. He's lost, lost a lot. Um, I think like depression looks different for a lot of people. And again, like this movie to me is about like people dealing with loss in different ways. And how much he beats himself up cannot be overstated. I loved him in Infinity War. I love him even more, honestly, in, in, in Endgame. Because if you lose as much and then you have so much at stake, like you really felt like this is it. This is my redemption. I got this. I'm all, all over it. And then he failed again. Like I think, you know, it's easy to make that a – like you could say that's a joke. Like, oh, he's being fat is a joke. It's not. It's like it's a result of his trauma. It's a result of him being like very um, sedentary because of um, giving up and quitting. Like he's, that's his arc is that he, he's gone through this and he finally, he's had enough. So his redemption is going to be coming up. His arc is not done. And, you know, we kind of see this when he, you know, with the Asgardians of the galaxy at the end of the the film, you know, I just, I love that idea. And also I just think like, you know, know, getting better is not like you've done it and now you're better. You know, I just, I guess I related a lot to this character in this film. The character I related to the most is like, there are times you fail and you think, oh, I failed and now I can just do better. And then you fail again and you're like, well, okay, now I can do better. And then you fail, like, okay, I'm going to quit for a while. Like, it's like, it's hard, you know, to pull yourself out of that. And I think this character, you know, to me, like the way they treated him was not disrespectful. I think it's a lot of people who have maybe not gone through those things. And if they're see, they think it's fat shaming. It's not fat shaming in, in, in my view. It's not shaming of any sort. It's showing a, the way that trauma really looks to certain people who take their aesthetics and their success for granted. That when they give up, those things go away, but you stop caring. And when he pulled for that, for, for Milner and it came to him and he was shocked. I just love that moment because it goes to show like, again, like you're so worthy of, you know, of greatness, yeah, right. even if you don't need abs to be worthy. <laughs> that's the joke, right? Like that's the big joke going around, but it's really, to me, it's like also about like, you don't have to be um, in a place where you're not depressed and not broken. And he's crying a second beforehand. And for a character like Thor, which where is like the peak of masculinity, right? He's reverting to that in those, in those scenes. Um, and so seeing that, you know, he's about to, before the second, before he's running to the, to, to the, the wine cellar to try and like drink his problems away. Mm-hmm. And he's so worthy. Yeah. I think that's pretty, that's pretty fucking tight. I just love it. <laughs> you know, uh, it's a good message. Yeah. I, I also loved it. Um, and I, I don't think I can necessarily address it from a literal PTSD standpoint, but we've all had trauma in our lives and such. Yes. And, um, and what, what I appreciate about most, well, what I mostly appreciate the way they handled it is like that Thor never once was ashamed of his body. Like Thor never brings up his body as a, as a, as a reference for, for, I've I've become this thing. I'm terrible, or anything like that. People around him do. Like War Machine, <laughs> at one point says he has cheese whiz running through his veins. Um, and um, yeah. 
and his mm-hmm. and his mother says he should eat a salad, but that's mother's <laughs> for you, you know. But like Thor, not once ever does he fe- seem to feel shame about himself. Uh, and I I love that, especially as like a big thick dude as I am. I'm I'm very looking forward to this like this like Winston yeah. Duke Fat Thor renaissance of thick dudes that <laughs> that we seem to be entering into uh, because people are very thirsty after thick Thor on Twitter. Uh, which, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's gotten gotten wild, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it really has, uh, which is yes. which is neat, I think. And uh, and the cosplay opportunities are obviously bursting. Uh, and when when Thor uh, it, before the big battle and he says let's kill him right this time and he calls Stormbreaker and Mjolnir to himself oh, he transforms so and good. he transforms with like his big beard all braided oh my and God. Like, his hair looking great his brows on fleek and like his armor looks great and it's like the best Thor has ever looked yeah. uh, and he's fat yeah. you know and I think I think that's great and I hope they I uh, to be honest I hope they keep it going through whatever Guardians or whatever Same. sequels they yeah. have coming um because is that you also have to wonder like is this just an opportunity for the actor to do something new with the character um that they're going to be playing forever yeah uh so yeah big big fan of that um you guys want to talk about professor hulk for uh, a second love uh, professor hulk um yeah it was just really nice to see uh bruce banner in a good place you know he's had such a hard go and to have like i loved you know when they're in the diner and the kids come up and he like he's like all of a sudden this cool confident celebrity it was just really it was really sweet and you could tell that it was going to allow him to be a really important character in this challenge ahead he's he's come a long way since ragnarok you know it looks so much like like the animation though, like the the visual of it, like the like Ruffalo's like minor things that he does facially are so well represented. I didn't even think of him as a, a, a fictional character. Like the little things he does, like if you watch his mouth, like it's that's Mark Ruffalo right there. I just thought that was a major achievement in, in making a character on screen. It was crazy. It's true. This was this was the first time I'd ever looked at either of them and been like, I know this guy. You know, like this, this reminds me of somebody that I know, especially like when, when he goes to new Asgard and Thor puts his hands on him and he's like, please take your hands off me. Yeah, It's like, you can see this guy who is both Hulk and Banner, but his new version of like rage is like respect for his space. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's like this, this, like, I am a person who I'm a person, you know, and I really liked that. Yeah, it's a really healthy outcome for everything that he experienced in the past couple of movies. Yeah, and I also did uh, tear up when he gave Ant-Man his tacos a little bit. Oh my god, I <laughs> know! That was amazing! That was so sweet! <laughs> now, there's, there's, I, got, I have two more big topics I want to talk about here. Um, and uh, the first being the, res- the potential resetting slash resurrection of Loki and Gamora, mm-hmm. I think it's very interesting because I don't think there's a chance in hell that Gamora gets with Star Lord. Oh no! Yeah. I think? thought that was so heartbreaking, mm-hmm. but also spoke to yeah. the you know the true nature of all of this that there there were some casualties in terms of relationships that needed to happen to snap everything back to normal for the rest of society. You know, yeah, like Nebula can get Gamora back, but not. 
Star-Lord, maybe. It seems like that's going to be the subject of the next movie, is hunting down Gamora. Yeah. Well, it's uh, going to be more than that. I think, like, you know, there's going to be hunting down Gamora to make her part of the team, but I think she's going to come back in a very different way. And I think it's going to be the re-breaking of Star-Lord, which he kind of deserves, though. Like, you know, he's grown as a character in the time that we've seen him, but I think that, in reality, like, he's not grown enough to be in a healthy, like, adult relationship at this point. Like, he's he showed signs of that in Infinity War. Like, he actually followed someone's wishes, even though it would hurt him to do so. Like, I'm going to try and kill you, even though I love you, was, like, his first, like, wow, your arc has been fulfilled. So now we have to yeah. make him a new arc, because at that point, when he tried to pull the trigger and it was bubbles, <laughs> you know, at that point you have to make a new arc for the character. And so I don't think we're going to make that chasing Gamora again. I think it's going to be respecting Gamora. Okay. And, you know, finding this person, knowing what age she's in and respecting where she's at, you know, meeting her where she is, not meeting her where he wants her to be. And that might actually lead to an easier, faster sense, but I don't think that that's the point or shouldn't be the point uh, of, of the story. But that's just my, my hope, I guess. And, and speaking of, of that, I think... Um... Star-Lord has largely been spared from the trauma of what was possibly his fault. Right. Um, yes. Because he wasn't around for it. And I wonder if we might see a yeah. little bit of that. I don't know how five years translates in space, but I would like to see mm-hmm. that uh, touched on. I'd say a couple, a couple of minutes. It feels like a few seconds away, right? So. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, Loki's reset, maybe. Uh, apparently the TV show has been confirmed to take place after 2023. It is not a time travel epic like we all thought it was. Um, so nothing really to say there. Not too much Loki in this movie. Um, but, but it was nice to see flashback Loki. Yes, I love the fact. That I love when he says like, "Can I get that drink now?" And then they actually get the drink. I'm like, "That's amazing." Yeah. I mean, that was stupid. <laughs> yes, I love the fact that they actually pour <laughs> drinks. Like the Avengers yeah, really got him a drink. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's I don't know. They're so fucking charming. Like that's very cute. I love it. Tony's got drinks around. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do we all want to cry about Peggy for a second? Ugh, Peggy. That was beautiful. I mean, it was it was heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. But then it was. But then by the end, I felt good about it. It's amazing how like the charisma of this one actor has carried her through this entire oh, franchise because e- everybody just wants her back so bad. Yeah, yeah, so bad. Yeah, that even like a mostly back shot is enough to be like, no. Like, can we say for a second how it was? It was creepy to see. Like, how do you not know Peggy? How do you not see a person looking? He's three feet away from you in the next room. Yeah, looking through blinds. How do you not see this man creepily staring at you? You're a woman. You must see this all the time. You don't even give him a devil stare and realize it's fucking Steve. <laughs> this is probably something that uh, maybe you don't know. Uh, he's actually mastered the art of standing so perfectly still that you can't see. Him. <laughs> uh, so they don't they don't get into it, but you know that's all, that's always there. And of course, it was such a pleasure to see Jarvis um, from the Peggy Carter TV show. Oh, so Love good. that so much. Love it. So uh, women be in this movie. Um, and, uh, there is a moment of much contention on the internet where all of the women, um, semi-illogically gather on the battlefield for a big final strike that, while it might not make a lot of narrative sense, was, uh, very important to a lot of people, especially young girls. Uh, Libby, what is your take on this moment? Okay, I definitely... I think that your analysis of it is accurate. Um, My experience was I rolled my eyes, but I was also like, awesome. It was, it was a <laughs> moment because because it is it is important you know representation of all kinds matter and it was cool to see all of the women in the Marvel 
universe stepping up together. You know, it, it said something about the unification of women supporting each other. That was really beautiful. Um, but it did feel a little bit forced, which is yeah. my one criticism of it. You know, I was, I thought that apart from that, the movie did a really good job of not forcing it. Like the, like Black Widow sacrificing herself. That was an incredible oh. moment for a woman in the Marvel universe, but it wasn't like, I'm a woman and I'm going to sacrifice myself. It was like, it was like a perfectly uh, natural situation. Yeah. You know, it, it seemed yeah. logical mm-hmm. and it wasn't like a big arrow appeared overhead being like, see what we're doing. We respect women. It was just like what the character logically would have done. I, I love, the, I love the A-Force lineup as everyone's calling it, but I just feel like, that's actually my only criticism as I've thought about it after th- seeing it three times at this point. Like my criticism is Nebula didn't get to even touch the Infinity Gauntlet <laughs> and, you know, having her be the one to try and run it down, downfield while this is something my head cannon is like, that seems better in my brain, yeah. <laughs> you know, where mm-hmm. like she runs it downfield. She throws Thanos this look of like, fuck you, buddy. I hate you. And then he kind of realizes, Oh, she's not bringing it to me. Where's she going? And then, that's where Carol Danvers can come up and like beat the shit out of him as a distraction and everyone can kind of defend uh, Nebula. Like, I think to me, like the biggest problem with that lineup scene is like, uh, Carol didn't need the help. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, right. we have this like, really strong character who's like, I can just cut through everything. I'm fine. So having it be a, a different kind of a, a framing of it would have made a difference. But yeah, I think it's easy to like armchair that sequence. They're like, well, if I were the director or now the writer, I'd do it this way. Um, so many girls in my theater the first two times like cheered and were really excited about that. So I don't want to criticize it too highly because yeah. I feel like it's almost like not for me to criticize. But I do think it could have been done like narratively better in a way that makes all the cells and the jerks in the world be like, that was a good scene. You know, it was pretty good. I, mean, I, I hate the fact it was all women, but it was good. Right. Um, or meanwhile, we kind of have a lot of people criticizing it for reasons that are, I mean, kind of valid in terms of story criticism. But I do love the moment. And I mean, it gave me chills. I can't help it. Like all three times I saw it, it still gave me chills when you see the lineup. It just contextually doesn't make a lot of sense. That's my, that's my eye roll on it, unfortunately. Well, it's like, well, because like all of the chaos is happening. And I thought that the way that it was shot was really, really well done, you know, especially, especially coming out of Mikey, you haven't watched it yet, but watching the big battle for Winterfell in Game of Thrones, which has, which is something we talked a little bit about on previous episodes and had a lot of hype. I thought that this was really effective. I thought this was a better, a better battle scene, in my humble opinion. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. That says a lot. <laughs> it says a lot without saying a lot. <laughs> and my, my favorite line from the movie is still, uh, hey, Peter Parker, oh. from Captain oh. Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cute. Well, I think that talking about Captain Marvel is actually a really good segue, because, Mikey, I would love to hear how you felt about Captain Marvel in this, in movie. this movie. Because yeah. I felt a very specific way. Well, I kind of feel like she was... There was not really a really strong reason for her to be cut out of the middle of the film. And I feel like there could have been, uh, they, they could have addressed it in dialogue better for her to be there in the beginning and then there in the end. But maybe saying like, Oh, we're going to do a time heist, but we don't expect trouble. So we're not going to call, you know, the most powerful person we know to try and save half of the universe. Uh, right. That is a big problem to me in terms of, um, you know, they can at least address it with one line of dialogue. 
I had a really hard time believing that the risk of earthquakes on other planets was enough yes. to take her away from the battle for half of the universe's population. You know, it just didn't seem seemed like a throwaway. I agree. And it even makes sense to say, like, you know, there's, like, we don't need you. We just want to tell you what's going on because we want to tell you what we're doing, but we don't need you on the mission. We could even, like, say, oh, we, we need to have people that, that blend in. We don't need a hard hitter. We need, but we do need you on call. So if things go wrong and we come out of the portal and there's a problem, you know what's up. But they never, right. they never addressed that in the middle of the I think that was, that definitely hurt the film in terms of like repeat viewings. Like the first time I saw it, didn't notice it. Second time, notice it. Third time, yeah, it's it, it's a big sticking point to me to say like, at least just like say like, give her a quick call and be like, hey, I know you're busy. We're doing this thing. It may not work. Uh, but if things go sideways, come help us out because she does at the end of the movie. So it really explained the middle half of that film in a much better way, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I just didn't, I don't love captain marvel's portrayal anyway oh, really? in general i haven't seen i haven't seen the full-length one so i can't i guess i can't really speak to it sure. but i don't know i didn't feel i was sort of hoping that i was going into it with assumptions already and i was hoping that her role in this movie would sort of redeem or prove wrong those assumptions that i had been having um and instead i just felt more so like mm. well i loved her i loved her solo film now were those were those assumptions were, the, were those assumptions about Captain Marvel as a character or Marvel's, Marvel's representation of her? Yes. Okay. That's what I was yeah. asking about. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because it was, as I, I, I have seen both and um, Captain Marvel is good. It's better than Shazam, <laughs> IMO, uh, if we're going to go back to that debate. But it, it, I, I was expecting more of Captain Marvel in this movie. If you're going to like do a Captain Marvel movie, that's like, Great, it's good, but it's not like up to par necessarily with like your super great Marvel movies. Um, I was hoping that she would really shine in this movie, and I think like her not shining shows maybe that there was more of a let's 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 do that let's match Wonder Woman in in this. But I but I do have very high hopes for the future of of Captain Marvel and any sort of sequels or whatever, especially after that Hey Peter Parker moment just really yeah. was like, this is Captain Marvel to me. Right here. Well, I really like the, I mean, her solo film, I really was a huge fan of it. I thought it was great. Um, it felt like a sci-fi movie to me, in which we don't have a lot of good science fiction films that just are sci-fi fantasy films. So I really liked it, but I also Love a scroll like, also. It was so good. The scrolls were like so well done. Like, and they, 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 I hate to say it, like it's like the worst thing ever to say like you, you know supply to my expectations but like it was something different I didn't expect where I was going to go and I didn't expect her character to go where I was going to go and I liked just as a film it's a great standalone movie even outside the Marvel universe the problem is that you take a really what I thought was a strong film and a good characterization and then you can have the yeah. opportunity in this movie to characterize her really strongly and give her a lot of reasons to make you can even take there's you just have to write well. You know, you don't have to be perfect, but you can write an overpowered character well in a way that make, takes them off the, the board. And they didn't do that. She just kind of disappeared because there's earthquakes everywhere. And, um, you know, to me, that was just I didn't. But the sad thing is when you don't miss a character, <laughs> she was gone the entire middle of the film. And I'm like, I don't care. She could have never showed up again. And I would have been like, oh, she's gone. Mm-hmm. Afterwards, like wait, she wasn't in the rest of the book. <laughs> you know. I think this also kind of speaks to like a bit of a, a bit of disappointing drama on Marvel's behalf, where they had the first big Avengers full cast 
poster come out and Okoye was on it, but they did not list Denai Guerrera among the top credits. And they sure. fixed it basically immediately. But Denai Guerrera slash Okoye was not really present in this movie, um, which is, mm-hmm. I think, a bummer because, number one, I love Okoye. Uh, and number two, it sort of speaks to Marvel using her on the poster with no intention of crediting her right. uh, as, hey, there's a black woman in this movie. And I think I think that's kind of a bummer, and I hope they do better about that sort of stuff, uh, because Okoye is a great character, yeah. and I think she could have done a lot more in this movie than they let her do. Yeah, I agree. I feel like that's, a, that's, a, that's some gripe. Is there anything that you hate, anybody hates about this movie, or thinks is like a, a huge like deal breaker or a big plot hole or something you really dislike um i think nothing nothing really beyond just like characters i wish were in it more like captain marvel or okoye that's really the only problem i had with the movie yeah i don't know i can't really think of there wasn't anything that overtly stuck out to me that i was like this makes me angry Oh, also, they're they're representing they're being like we have our first canonically gay Marvel character, and it's oh, like yeah. a random director cameo at the beginning. That's mm-hmm. also some bullshit. <laughs> you know? yeah. Get yeah. Steve and Bucky to kiss. I do not know what the problem is, but seriously, <laughs> <laughs> you can still you still go for Peggy. It's fine. Like things happen. It's, it's love Peggy. Yeah, great. Love still, that obviously, but they can do a little kiss, kiss because you know what? Like people can be bisexual. It happens. It's <laughs> it's not it's not unheard of. And Bucky. Gets Gets it. He is nothing if not understanding. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Well, wrapping up, just a little bit of trivia. Uh, Howard the Duck was present in the final battle. Whoa. Yeah. If you look at when Wasp is revealed to join the battle, he is apparently in like the right of the frame with a big, big gun. <laughs> Love Howard the Duck. Give me a show. And at the beginning, when they were discussing the problems on Earth in the five year span with Black Widow, um, Black Widow mm-hmm. requests that uh, Wakanda check out the presence of underwater earthquakes, and Okoye says, that's a crazy thing to ask us to do, uh, and the internet is abuzz with, is this the implication of uh, Black Panther 2 being about Namor, the Submariner, and Atlantis versus Wakanda? Oh, that'd be sick. It, it, will, it will not be. Oh. It will not be. You don't think so? No, <laughs> no I think we're we're far away from that that stuff. I mean, it's it's yeah. it, there's a possibility, but I, if I were if I'm a betting man, nah, I, it's 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 a little nod, is what it is. I think Black Panther two is already plotted, and I think it's outside of the realm of uh, mutants. Well, that's tr- well, that's true. That's my favorite part of of Namor is that he is a mutant. Although they could dodge it as though they did yeah. with uh, Black Widow and Quicksilver. <laughs> yeah. um, yes, they, they're just yeah. He's fast. She's weird. Uh, no, no explanation. Just, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, well, you know, uh, I am hopeful for the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I've, I very much enjoyed this uh, this theater experience of Endgame. I wish I owned it so I could watch certain parts of it over and over and over again. And hey, and it's very great to finally get our Avengers Assemble moment. Oh, my God. Yeah, that moment when, when I heard that, the... Um... <laughs> again, not to get too long-winded again, but the, the, the fifth cry moment in the film for me was the... Uh... The Avengers going this long, twenty-two movies with never saying it. Are you kidding? Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, yeah, almost saying it. But... When those portals open, though, you knew it was going to happen. Oh yeah, on your left. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Oh. Jesus Christ! No. <laughs> oh god! So oh. good. Hey, any final thoughts? Not from this guy. It's uh, yeah. If you haven't seen it, see it. 
Well, just in case we release this as a separate episode, uh, Libby, where can people find you on the internet? <laughs> I am available on Instagram. You can hit me up at Libby Diggs or Libby Diggs Art. And that's that's me. Donnie, where can people find Mike? you? <laughs> <laughs> Mikey, where can people find you on the internet? <laughs> so I am at Halloween with Mikey G on Instagram. So Halloween with Mikey G. Great. And I'm uh, at Donshot First uh, everywhere and at Jason Mimosa for my cosplay account. You can find us on Instagram at FunisherPod or enjoy our sister shows at Abandoned PodQuest and at uh, Good Ship Devilry on Twitter. Um, thank you for joining us for this Endgame appreciation post. And um, from all of us at Endgame, <laughs> Funisher, uh, Avengers, Assemble! Assemble. Oh. 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 <laughs> One more time. Avengers, Bugaloo. Okay, bye everybody. Bye. <laughs>